Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Good morning, Polly. I'm doing great. Doing great. Did the Oregon Duck song come up in the conversation with Ugo at all? Did we... We, we did not sing that. <laughs> Come listen to my story about the stupid, stupid ducks. A mediocre school whose football team stunk. Till old Kenny Wheaton, he made a lucky guess. And Sugar Daddy Phil, he funded their success. You have those lyrics down, Danny. You got I do. Ones right, right at the tip of the tongue. Every That's correct. Spent a lot of time penning that classic. Awesome. I always get excited Nike Gold. that song because my dad and I actually used to watch the Beverly Hillbillies when I was a little kid. I don't know why we did, but uh, I very much enjoyed that show. Anyway, Brock, uh, question. Next thing you know, the Ducks are stinking rich. <laughs> a hundred bunch on. of ugly uniforms, and every week they switch. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> let the two purple dudes just go to town on Oregon. I feel like somebody's got to stand up for the green. They home. fashioned themselves members of the national elite. <sighs> But their local Yokel fans were missing most of their teeth. Question, Question one. one, Brock. Injury-wise, the Seahawks haven't seen anything serious like we're seeing with Indianapolis because the Colts, they might not have Carson Wentz week one. We'll see how that one develops. But between Ethan Posick, Dwayne Eskridge, Marquise Blair, Posick dealing with a hamstring injury, Eskridge a foot injury, Marquise Blair, someone stepped on his heel yesterday. What, what injury are you most concerned with? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question it's Eskridge. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the one losing the most ground. He's the one with the absolute most to prove. And you took him where you took him because of pretty significant need of, of his kind of unique talent. And that you need that young burner with some strength and, and super adept in the special teams phase. As a returner, you want to take that burden away from Tyler Lockett at this stage of his career. And, and you want him in the slot. You need him in the slot, Paul. On those jet sweeps and screens and bubbles and everything else that you want to do, so I don't, I don't think there's any question. And unfortunately, falls in line with with a number of early round picks here lately that have come in. I don't want to say damaged goods. I don't know when this happened. I don't know the total severity of it. But he missed a lot of OTAs. He's missing a bunch of training camp, and unfortunately for him, and I think this team and their, their need at that position, it's a bad deal. I will say this, Brock. Pete's explanation of it, of, hey, it's something that happened in a walkthrough. <laughs> it's like, come on. It was like Rashawn Sheehy with a weight <laughs> falling on his foot? Is that what it- <laughs> no, 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 actually, you got your injuries. Lester Towns Lester, was the weight sorry. falling. <laughs> sorry, Lester weight Rashawn, falling on his foot. Rashawn Sheehy was, it happened during practice when he right. jumped off of a balcony of a Lake City apartment to escape yes. gunfire. Yes, yes, very, very similar. <laughs> I do I do enjoy reading the transcripts at times of Pete's stuff. Well, we're going to put a good thought in for him, and we're, we got a strong thought on that one. Like, well, my favorite, my favorite one is when he says we're going to take care of him because I always sound like it's going to t- they're going to take him out back and put him down. Yes. We're going to take care of him. So, is it a big toe injury? Is it turf toe? That's kind of what. That's what you, I think it is. That's I think what it is too, and yeah. and it sucks because it's not something you can go in and fix. If it was, they would have done that months ago. Yep. Um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes did, and you see the recovery for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's a long, extended recovery and surgery and everything else. They're not going that route. 
They've tried to let time and rest and rehab heal it. That seems to not be working. So, yeah, you'd think of all things, really, the most, I don't know, just benign turf toe is something that can slow you down significantly, but certainly can. It's the biggest misnomer of any injury out yes. there. Like, seriously, like when you say, oh, he's got a turf toe. And it sounds like he stubbed his toe when you're like, no, actually what happened was it dislocated from the ball of his foot, then went back into place. It's incredibly painful, and it's hard to do anything and that requires you pivoting have, or moving. Uh, yes, times you tear a tendon as well, which I think ah. Mahomes did, and, and thus you got to go in and repair it. So that, to me, is the one that's that's certainly stinging and lingering the most. Now, the good news is he's running. We don't know. Like, Watch to see if it el- escalates after this. Does he start cutting? But usually it's the running straight ahead. Then it'll be the cutting. If he goes back to he's running on a treadmill or running on a treadmill in water, that's that's definitely not a good sign because it means that they're still trying to nurse it along. Question two. More likely to contribute to the Seahawks in 2021. Alden Smith or Robert Kimdiche? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Football field talent wise, I would say Alden Smith. And just kind of watching, you know, what we've seen through the first three days of practice and everything else and, and body type and, and we know the opportunity that Pete gives those guys and, and he he played last year. Yeah. He did. He's, he played last year. He, I think he sacked Russell three times, probably why he's here. Because by far the most success he had in any singular game was against this team, as Pete looked out there at him and went, "Man, what a creature!" I mean, that that is how I draw my guys, my guys up. And, and we've seen Pete give guys at that position opportunities year after year after year to, to either try to make the team or contribute even during the season. Kim DJ will be an inside role player. He is explosive. Now, obviously, Alden has the off the field matter here at the end of August that, that's going to play a role in that. So, strictly from a from a football standpoint, I, w- I would give the edge, I think, to Alden. But obviously, with what's lingering off the football field and the unknown of that and opportunity for Kim DJ, you're not loaded with five or six guys at those two tackle spots that are going to make the team, right? I mean, put the list together. Puna's going to be there. Al Woods is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Kerry Hyder. Kerry Hyder, for sure. I kind of view Hyder a little like I did Bennett all over the line as a five technique. Yeah. And, but, yeah, Hyder will for sure be there as far as your two inside D tackles. Is Brian Monet guaranteed a spot? No. I think he's been a plugger and, and a pretty league average guy. Kandiche's got unique stuff to your to your conversation that, that I jumped in or you you started kind of Blue 42 with. They're talking Ugo Amadi, Marquise Blair, these guys that could take that next step. You know, the, to me, the ones that do, that have quote-unquote star power, have something unique to them. They stand out. It jumps off the page. It's Frank Clark's power. It's Tyler Lockett's route running and, and quickness. It's Russell Wilson's command. It's it's Richard's length. It's Cam's strength. It's it's Earl's speed. There, there's something unique to them. Kim DJ obviously has unique explosion. He's never been able to harness it. He's never been able to bottle it. He's never been able to show it consistently enough. But he's going to give, you know, Pete's again going to give him more than likely the last significant opportunity of his career to show he can do it. I look at Alden Smith, Brock, and this jumped out to me from the weekend, some comments that he made about last year in Dallas, because I've been just curious as to why Dallas was so willing to move on from him despite him being pretty cheap and, of course, having all that potential. He said, I was pretty heavy last year, and I wanted to drop some weight 
to get used to being back at the weight I prefer. Mm. I was in the 260s, 270s. I was kind of fat last year. <laughs> and I, I wonder about that kind of fat comment. It's honest. It, it does also, though, make me wonder if he's going to be able to sustain the supposedly uh, the shape that he can be in for the course of a season because he was supposedly in amazing shape last offseason before Dallas brought him in. I don't know if that, that necessarily that carried over. That was Jake Laser, though, right? Yeah. Like, that was a guy that had a vested interest in pumping up his tires. Yep. Potentially. Yep. Yeah, and that's also a COVID year. It's also a weird offseason, right? Last year, it's there's a lot of factors and forces going against you. Now, it's been a bizarre offseason for Alden this year. It's not as if. He's been in the Seahawk facility under their tutelage and training for the, you know, in great discipline as a Rashad Penny, for example, has been for the last few months. But if I said it once, I'll say it a hundred times. This place gives you every resource available. If you fail, it's on you. This is not a cheap organization. This is not a, oh man, I wish we could have had breakfast and lunch. I, I wish there were supplements. I, I, I wish there was a good protein bar. I wish I wish the weight room was nice. Man, I wish it was pretty. I wish it wasn't, you know, it has everything. It's, 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 a, it's a full platter right there waiting for you to make the absolute most of your talent and your career. Thus, I think they've had a lot of success. And you've seen tremendous de- development with people. And let's hope Alden Smith's name can be added to that. Why am I blanking on the former Oregon Duck that uh, Pete brought in a few years ago, number three pick? Deion Jordan. There you go. As you look at Alden Smith, how much different size, strength, speed, Alden Smith, Deion Jordan? Deion was younger, though, right? Absolutely. Alden's but did a lot less. I mean, Alden's yeah. been an absolute yeah. star and one of the best in That's this true. Team. That's true, too. That's true. Yeah. They're built the same. They're the, they're the same type of athlete. And Pete gave that guy ample, ample opportunity to let his duck wings fly and and obviously, you know, flashed every once in a while, but was certainly not a consistent force. And, and let's hope for this team's sake in this division, Alden can be some of that. Question three. We just spoke with Seahawks cornerback Ugo Amadi. Our training camp coverage is presented by Precore Home Fitness. And Brock, we... I have a lot of questions, I think, at that cornerback position. I think there's maybe the most possibilities at that position going into the year compared to any other one. And maybe it's Akella Witherspoon and DJ Reed, your number one and your number two, going into the season. But uh, this is going to be a a strangely worded question. Mm -hmm. You can buy stock in any Seahawks cornerback. And obviously, some guys are going to have maybe lower prices, like a, I don't know, Trey Brown or something like that, given that he's a fourth-round pick. Others might be a little bit more expensive, let's say, TJ Reed, just given that he was one of your starters. If you could buy stock in any Seahawks cornerback going into the year, which cornerback would you pick with the highest, I think, potential for surprising upside? Yeah, well, I think it's DJ Reed. It was surprising upside that he started to gain at the the end of last season in a system that fits him. Uh, with a personality that that I think is right on par with what they do, what they want, and a guy that I, I actually watched and went, yeah, that guy knows how to play the ball. That guy knows how to, to get to the ball. You know, I, I watch you know a lot of people play basketball. You know, my girls have both been basketball players. I watch a lot of defenders, and a defender can have really nice length and, and everything else, and, and all the measurables. But man, they just they don't have instinct to find the ball. And then last year on Haley Macy's team, little point guards going to Colorado was the fiercest, just toughest, unbelievable instincts. Just destroyed teams, just broke their will because of her ability, Kendall's her name, her ability to just attack the ball at all times. DJ attacks the ball. 
DJ has instincts. I, I don't know if I can say the same. I, actually, I know I can't about Trey Flowers. I can't say the same about Kill Witherspoon when I've watched him. He's got the length, got a lot of measurables. Man, he should be a really good fit in this zone scheme and, and kick step and everything else. But I love the fact they said the heck with it, man. Let's get a guy that's a little bit undersized. Maybe his length isn't what we want. Maybe he doesn't check all the boxes that we love as far as our corners here in Seattle and for Pete. But this dude can scrap. He can play. He can play the ball. He has instincts. And that's the guy that I want on the field. He was on the field at the end of last season. He's going to be on the field at the start of this season. And to me, I think has the most upside because of it. Blue 42. Brock joins us Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Our, our training camp coverage here at 710 ESPN Seattle is brought to you by Precore Home Fitness. Brock, do you think the prototype for Seahawk Corners changed because other teams were looking for the long and lanky guys that it just became when it started, when John Schneider and Pete Carroll first got here, there were people that wouldn't look at somebody that tall. They're like, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. can't. He, he's probably not good coming in and out of breaks like you need to be. I, I think some of this is a reflection not of their preferences, but like, hey, those dudes are now hot commodities where they weren't before. So now there's an opportunity to get better players who are shorter. I think I would agree with that. I think a bigger determination, uh, you know, factor and, and determination in that is also this league has gone to space. Yeah, that's and you got to play in space, and yeah. you got to play in in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams and others that will spread you and tempo you, and you you know, like the college game, and you can't have enough corners. So your point about just the supply chain, yeah, I do think there have been a few uh, folks that, that have taken that same supply that you like of those long athletic corners and, and fit them in. But more than anything, man, you can't have two cover corners in this in, on your team. You got to have four, right? You're going to play nickel teams that put, you know, 11 personnel on the field, 70, 75% of the time, you know, even 12 years ago when Pete and John started, you remember those teams that would line up and, and want to run it at you in, in, in your own division, you know, with the three tight ends and a jumbo package and Jim Harbaugh. So I think evolution of the league playing more and more in space and the reality, you can't have two guys that you feel good about. You really have to have four going into any given season today. Brock, we always love catching up with you. It'll be fun to talk tomorrow. Seahawks are in training camp, and maybe we'll have some news to talk about contracts. That'd be great. I hope so. I'm heading down to the old Fox seminar today, so Mm. I'll see your buddy Jay Glazer and lots of folks, so maybe I'll have a nugget coming your way as well. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Brock. Talk to you tomorrow.